So I think I just had like a really romantic idea of what it would mean to be a writer. And there is something so just like that nice image of just sitting down and letting the muse take you and just writing as you Doing want. Doing some drugs. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and while I did write an entire book that way, it took me like three years and it wound up being a garbage fire of 600 pages of nonsense that were just completely irretrievable. <laughs> so I knew when I finally like had the idea for The Frozen Crown, which is my first published book, like I had to do something different. And so that's when I started plotting. Um, and it like, I, I don't lie, it has revolutionized the process. And it like every time you make a new book, it the, the method changes a little bit. That's just kind of the nature of the game. But as I've gotten better and I've learned my own process a little bit more, it's like cut down the drafting time, like bit by bit with each project. And so now I can like draft a decent first draft of a book in like two or three months, which for me is really fast. What is up, everybody? You're listening to episode 76 of SFF Addicts. I'm your host, Adrian M. Gibson, and welcome to your weekly dive into the world of science fiction, fantasy, and writing craft. Joining me as always is my co-host, the Chewie to my Han Solo, the Joker to my Commander Shepard, and now my little baby train wreck, MJ Kuhn. How are you, MJ? <laughs> I am fantastic. Also, I like being considered baby compared to you. It suggests that I'm younger than you, which I'm I'm here for. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not, but... <laughs> Let's yeah, pretend I think you're older true. than me, even by like six months. I or think something, so. so, but no, you yeah. you've already called me the baby. I'm younger than you. I am so youthful. Okay, <laughs> Let's just roll with it. I'm down. Yeah. Hi, MJ. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing really well. If you want to support MJ and her work, go pick up Among Thieves. This hot little blue baby right here. Yeah, and you can pick up the green baby, the sequel, Thickest Thieves, right there. Yeah. <laughs> if you want some thieves and heists and all kinds of fun stuff. If you like Lies of Locke Lamora and The Queen of Days, which is out today, go pick up your copy of Among Thieves or Thickest Thieves. As well, a quick note for everyone out there listening or watching, the official SFF Addicts Patreon and merch store are live, so check the links in the description to support what we do here. Also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And subscribe to the FanFight YouTube channel, where this and every other episode of the show is available in full video. And now joining us once again is the wonderful Greta Kelly, author of The Queen of Days. As I mentioned, it released today and it's awesome. So go pick it up. Congratulations, Greta. (laughs) Thank you. I'm really good. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, heads up. This is part two of our two-part chat with Greta. So I recommend checking out part one to get to know her better. Today, though, we're pulling an MJ Kuhn and plotting some shit as we dive into a masterclass on plotting 101. So I know many of our listeners are writers. Many are also readers, but just to kick things off, if you could tell everyone, at least from your perspective, what plotting will also put outlining into this umbrella means in the context of writing. Yeah. So for me, the the plot, the outline, it's like the architecture that happens like beneath the scenes that holds up the rest of the story. So for me, it's like completely revolutionized my process. I'm a failed cancer. 
<laughs> me too, girl. Me too. <laughs> I appreciate your and, uh, Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really glad I found plotting. Otherwise, I think this whole writing journey would have taken a sharp left turn at some point. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we talked a little bit. You just mentioned a little bit about being a failed uh, panther, which, um, again, I feel that. Yep. Um, yep. What what about pantsing didn't work for you? So like pantsing, sometimes right. we also call it discovery writing, um, mm-hmm. which Hannah. you say Hannah. Uh, we did a, an entire episode with Hannah Long, HM Long on yeah. on discovery writing. Um, but yeah, so what what was it about that approach that just I know what it was about it that didn't work for me? <laughs> yeah. So I think I just had like a really romantic idea of what it would mean to be a writer, and there is something so just like that nice image of just sitting down and letting the muse take you and just writing as you Doing want some drugs. And-, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and while I did write an entire book that way, it took me like three years and it wound up being a garbage fire of 600 pages of nonsense that were just completely irretrievable. <laughs> so I knew when I finally like had the idea for the frozen crown, which is my first published book, like I had to do something different. And so that's when I started plotting. Um, and it like, I, I don't lie, it has revolutionized the process. And it like every time you make a new book, it the, the method changes a little bit. That's just kind of the nature of the game. But as I've gotten better and I've learned my own process a little bit more, it's like cut down the drafting time, like bit by bit with each project. And so now I can like draft a decent first draft of a book in like two or three months, which for me is really fast. Um, so yeah. MJ, what was it that didn't work for you? <laughs> um, just general anxiety. Uh <laughs> 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 on we is your fondest thing. Yeah, right. I mean, well, kind of similar for uh, you know, to grad. I did not end up with a full book though. I, I didn't even finish it. I've tried pantsing two or three times and I have always ended up with fifty to sixty K words of yeah. nonsense that ends up going nowhere. Uh, and I always end up giving up a, because it feels too heavy to try to figure out what, how to fix what I, <laughs> what I know I've yeah. already broken. Um, oh, man. but also, I wish. yeah. Have you been able to I mine that big one for parts at least? Cause that's what I've done. I mean, I've stolen like one liners here and there that were just too good to, yeah, too good to let sit on the hard drive. But Fuck, I wish I had stopped at five like 50k. Like I clung <laughs> you went all the on. way to 600 pages. Holy. I did. I did. And even then I was like, well, maybe it's not one book. Maybe it's two. Let's just work on the first half of it. And make that <laughs> no, that is not how stories work, you dummy. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but you live and you learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You see, I'm a big but believer we, we... that no time is wasted though. Because like you it's you not. you learn maybe you just got out all the bad practices on that one six hundred page right. one. And then, you know, now you're just ready to crush it with all your new ones. You know, yeah, you yeah. learn, you learn something new from every word. And yeah, it just is, it is what it is. It's part of the, the fun part of being an author is that there is no one way to write a book, mm-hmm. but that's also the bad part about being an author, because sometimes you just want someone to tell you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's like you do it well. One time. Yeah. And like, well, this is non-applicable yeah. to what I'm doing. I know. Now. And then you break your brain on the next yes. one. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah. good. I finally have my process. <laughs> Just kidding. Never have your process. Lies. <laughs> okay. So for you, um, when you found plotting and you realized like, okay, this is working for me, I can 
draft a book in like two, three months. What, what was it in your brain that clicked in terms of this is something that is useful for me to apply to my writing as like sort of a a core approach that you can use as a foundation? Yeah. So I think a lot of it was just a change in mindset because I was kind of of the rather snooty opinion that if you sat down to outline ahead of time, you know, you were, you were robbing all the joy out of the process and why not just write a book report? And I just had this idea that it was like doing homework and I, you know, who the fuck wants to do homework when they're adults? Like, no, thanks. <laughs> Every writer in the but, whole industry though. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that really is the job. But, but changing the mindset was really what I needed. I to like start approaching it as a creative exercise and less of homework and more of like storyboarding a movie. And because I'm like a visual person, like the first step in any like outlining or plotting endeavor is to start a Pinterest page and just like get a vibe for what I want the story to be and what the tone is. Um, Yeah. So it's all in how you look at things. Yeah. Speaking to my heart, Greta. Yeah. Like a Pinterest person. No, no, no. I I usually draw it like myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like I'll. Is that all your art behind you? Yeah, so he's one of those unfairly talented people that's good at drawing and writing, and it's not Uh, fair to the rest of us, Adrian. Leave us some skills. (laughs) You got your own. (laughs) No, like this is the main character in not my debut book, but the book I'm going to put out after that. But he's also a character in my debut book. So it's like I drew him out to get a sense of like, what does a mushroom detective look like? You know, you know, it's, it's your process is your own, but yeah, yeah, whatever works really to like get you excited for a project and like ready to take it from an idea to an actual novel length work. Cause it's, it's hard. It's hard to sustain that level of enthusiasm over, you know, 80 to 120,000 words. Yeah. Or 300,000. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's the place maybe. (laughs) Yes. So I think that's a it's an interesting point and a really good point because it's a mindset I've heard people say when I talk about being a plotter multiple times of the idea of like, yeah. well, where's the magic then? Or like, you know, you you can't write from an outline and be creative right. about the the book as uh, what someone said to me once. And I was like, mm, OK, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> well, I want to. That's an opinion. Yeah, I, don't, right? I was like, I mean, you know what, maybe, maybe they can't. Right? And that's fine for, for right. them as a, as a writer. Yeah. Um, but I. Uh, I want to dive in a little more. What, how can plotting be a tool, right? That authors are using to kind of maybe unlock the magic, right? Unlock that creativity during the process. Yeah. I think, you know, that mindset that you mentioned, it's kind of, don't think about an outline as something that you are chained to. You can always divert from it. Like story will always come first, even over your outline. Your outline is just the thing you use when you're not feeling super inspired or you like write yourself into a corner and you're not sure what to do next. It's like the the guidepost that you aim for when you're not sure where else to go. And let's be real, like the book you outline is going to be completely different from the book you actually write, but that's okay. It's just the thing that's going to help you get over the finish line if you're someone whose brain works like that. Um, and then like, There is that little practical business side of me that's saying, if you want to go into traditional publishing, 
you're going to need to learn how to outline and you may as well learn now because at a certain point after that first book, you're going to get to that point in your career when you're no longer writing a whole story to sell it. You're going to be writing like 50 pages mm-hmm. and then giving or just a, like, give me an outline or just an outline. And that's how you're going to make your money. So, you know, it, it's kind of that balance of creativity and also like pragmatism, <laughs> just like have in the back of your mind that you may as well practice, even if you don't use it at right for this project, at least you know how to make one. Yeah. And even on the indie side of things as a self pub author, a lot of them are writing at such a pace where they are putting out multiple books a year. Yeah. And not to say that every indie writer is a plotter. Obviously there mm-hmm. are pantsers out there, but I do think it's like, if you are putting out a higher volume of books, it also benefits to think about an approach yeah. that will set things up for you, like the lodestones of a friendship in order to, (laughs) in order to, like you said, give yourself those things to hold on to when you feel like, oh, fuck, I'm falling off the mountain. Yeah. What's going on here? And it's also like momentum too. So you can be as broad with your outline or as granular as you want. So like for me, I'll, I'll make the broad seven point plot structure outline. And then once I feel like I've gotten my feet wet and I kind of know the characters, then each chapter I'll go in and make like a checklist of the things that I want to happen in each chapter. And just the like ability to check off something on a list makes my brain so fucking happy yes. that it like, that it, like feeds, yeah, it like feeds the momentum. And like, that's how I can be productive with two kids under four years old. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, well let's, let's dig into it a little bit more in terms of process. Yeah. Can you elaborate on your process? And you already mentioned it. All three of us have mentioned it, how it's like it changes from project to project. But can you elaborate on your process and how it's kind of evolved? Sure. So I start with, you know, so I should back up. So when I first was outlining the frozen crown, it was like an outline in the most loosey-goosey sense of the word. Basically, I had like gone in and just made a bullet point checklist of all the cool shit that I wanted to happen in the book. (laughs) And that's how I drafted it. It has since changed over time when I learned that there's something called story structure and hey, wouldn't it be nice to apply it to a book? (laughs) (laughs) And there's like a ton of different story structures out there. I mean, if you Google it, you'll find like a bunch. So just like go do your research, find the one that works for you. Yeah, save the cat, seven point, you know, hero's journey, whatever. Three act. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I tend to use the seven point plot structure. It was Dan Wells, I think it's his name. He's a mystery writer who kind of like made it popular. He's um, one of the co-hosts on Writing Excuses. Oh, he might be. Is he? I think think that's Dan Wells. Okay. Well, then thank you, sir. (laughs) 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 Um, But he like did a whole series of YouTube videos on it. and it's just like seven broad points that many stories end up having from your hook to your midpoint climax to like the dark night of the soul moment to the resolution. And what I like about this method is that you don't have to outline it in chronological order. Because for me, I often don't know what's going to happen in the middle, but I'll usually know the beginning and I'll know the resolution. And I'll probably know that like uh, pinch point, the second pinch point, which is the dark night of the soul moment that I mentioned but maybe not anything before that. And the beauty of this is that it kind of like, they're like mirror images of each other. So your, your hook where your character starts is always kind of an opposite place to where the story ends. And then your dark night of the soul moment is usually opposite to 
that part in the first act where they met the villain and came out like victorious and like wet their feet in the conflict. And you kind of just like work your way backwards until you have this very like symmetrical looking story idea <laughs> that's like your jumping off point. And then once I have that, usually at least what I have done for the the book that I'm drafting right now, I wrote probably just like the first 20 or 30 pages off of that until I felt like I knew the characters well enough to start doing those like bullet point lists of things that I want chapter by chapter breakdowns. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it makes me I sound kind of anal. I love, I I love the bullet points. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm not down with Excel, but I I do both. <laughs> Gotta love a checklist. <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity outliner. Yeah. Well, like, color let's... coding too huh? so, oh so yeah, Col- yeah. <laughs> gotta love that color coding um, oh, yeah. so let's let's do a hypothetical so if you know let's say there's a listener and they are starting a project from zero maybe they've uh, never tried to write a book before or maybe they uh, are joining us in the arena of gloriously <laughs> failed pantsers hello um, how would you recommend they start plotting or outlining for the first time would researching story structures and options there be a place where you would recommend they start or what, what would be like? Step yeah. One? Yeah. There's so many different plot structures out there. Choose one of the more popular ones because it's really easy online to like go look at the hero's journey and then like search for what movies were written with the hero's journey. And then you can see how those were broken down and like, Oh, okay. You kind of start to understand what those story beats actually mean in the context of a narrative. Um, and that's like just a really good quick, educational thing um to which you can kind of apply to your own outline and like i said it doesn't have to be super granular it doesn't have to be this whole gigantic excel spreadsheet although that's the way i'm moving Um, (laughs) you can literally just start with a notebook or like i have a bunch of note cards on my wall right now where i've plotted out a couple of books that i just haven't gotten to yet (laughs) yeah i've got post-its up on a cork board over here yeah but sometimes having that visual representation can be really like it can just like ignite something in you, like activating different parts of your brain and and letting that analytical side also have fun as your creative side is also playing. Hell yeah. Yeah. Keep them both satisfied. (laughs) Hopefully that answered the question. No, No, it totally does. (laughs) Okay. Well, building building on top of this. (laughs) Tangents are beautiful. Building on top of that. uh, What are some important things to keep in mind when you're plotting and and creating an outline? Um, Yeah. What are some sort of like, key pieces of story information that you can incorporate into the outline plotting process in order to help you streamline the process and, and, and figure out like the essentials. Yeah. Uh, I think like the main thing you want to go into this process knowing is that just because you outlined your story does not mean you don't have to edit it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And for me, like with, with the queen of days, I did use the seven point plot structure and I did outline um, during NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month in November. And so I wrote the first draft of this book as a 50,000 word chunk of just essentially plot. And that's really all it was. And I knew that I would have to then go back and do at least one, probably a lot more like two, three or four passes for character. Because just because something happens in the plot doesn't mean that that's going to make it, it true for the character. And so things are going to change. And it's always kind of like a moving target as to what each draft needs. Um, so it just depends on what your approach is. If you want to be someone who's a little bit more methodical and you like that first drafting stage, then yeah, take your time. Make sure when you're doing your outline, you're also including 
you know, character arc spots and relationship arc spots and all of your subplots and just kind of go at it that way. But if you're someone like me who kind of just likes to rip off the Band-Aid and get the first draft out of the way, then give yourself permission to just write a plot (laughs) and see if you like it because, you know, you can edit anything. (laughs) That's exactly it. Because it's like, it's really funny when we were talking to Hannah back in January, I had this realization that that during the outline stages, it's kind of paradoxical, but I discovery outline. Yeah. 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 Where I'm creating this outline and I think coming up with bullet point lists makes it a bit easier to just kind of dump shit into the mix yeah. and say like, oh, this would be really cool here. You know, just like a quick, like one, two sentence bullet point mm-hmm. about such and such thing that happens and you can kind of develop a sense for okay this for makes like, like character and for tone a character and, a scene or yeah. beats and 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 movement through a scene and then also yeah. include information like this is the arena that it takes place in or yeah this is the time frame so you can keep track yeah. of like when the fuck <laughs> shit is happening <laughs> you know or like this is what this chapter is trying to accomplish yeah um and so i think things like that sort of help because my outlines generally look like um because it's like in the middle of revising my 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 current book and planning out uh a free uh you know like novelette kind of thing yeah. as like a a newsletter sign up freebie i'm kind of i'm kind of just like applying so many of the things that i learned and i'm like i'm way better at outlining this than i ever was at any of the stuff i did before <laughs> cuz i'm like cool here's like my each chapter starts with Okay, like who's the POV character? Like what perspective is it from? Is it first person, third person, blah, blah, blah? What are they trying to accomplish? What's the time frame? Where does it take place? All this different kind of stuff. And it's just like, man, I'm I don't know why it was so more so much more difficult before. <laughs> but then again, it's project to project type thing. Yeah. Um, it's so it it changes so quickly. Yeah. Well, and I'll say yeah. for myself, outlining or writing and something that takes place in the same world. Uh, as a different story I've already written is way easier for me than starting a brand new thing, right? Like outlining Thickest Thieves is the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. I mean, no, but like as far as writing goes, it's the easiest (laughs) writing thing I've ever done, right? It's the easiest book I've ever written because- Don't generalize them. Right? (laughs) So much of the stuff was already uh, already set up. Um, But I want to talk, Greta, a little bit about characters and plotting different character storylines because- um, you have multiple character POVs in days. Um, so how did you go about um, plotting those different character arcs? Uh, it sounds like maybe that came after the fact. Did you do a reverse outline even though? So like uh, that that might be a question that I want to ask here. Uh, after you wrote that 50,000 word nano plot only thing, did you then come back and like, you know, reconstruct everything? How did that help? Absolutely. Yeah, because... Because it was only 50,000 words and because I only had November, (laughs) Uh, that first draft was just Bell's point of view because he's the primary point of view character. And when I, you know, realized, okay, I'd I'd really like to add Tass's point of view because it's so like different and I just thought it added so much. It was a matter of kind of reverse engineering what she would know when and when it makes sense for a certain scene to be from her perspective. And then I kind of wrote that book almost separately and then like jigsawed piece of <laughs> everything back together. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was kind of cool. But I, I think 
it is like a point to make if you're someone who doesn't like writing in order, because I know a lot of people don't like writing chronologically. It's another point where it's nice to outline because then later on, you don't have to think about how I'm going to piece everything together. You already kind of know. That's true. And in terms of characters, it's it's really helpful to know at the very least. I think, as you mentioned earlier, um, having some sort of vision for where things are going, I think you can kind of bring that down to the character level and think about yeah. like, where do they start out and where do they end? Mm-hmm. Like, what is their, not exactly how does their arc happen, but yeah. it's like, what is the end point? What is the start yeah. point and what is the end point? It's like, yeah. and, that, and what about them at the beginning of the story would make them unable to meet the villain right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Five. Yeah. So it's like figuring out the potential conflicts, whether it's internal or external, all these yeah. different things. And yeah, you can throw it into your outline at any point. It's like, yeah. That's the beauty of outlines and and what I was talking about in terms of discovery outline. It's like you just throw shit in there and it's like if it sticks, it sticks. And if it right. doesn't, nobody's <laughs> oh, well. telling you you have to include everything. You right. Just, yeah. And it might even it might even inspire something completely different. I have so many instances where my outline um I didn't do the thing that I wrote down in my outline, but it inspired something so much better yeah. that yeah. I included in my draft or in my revisions or whatever. And I'm like, I am so happy that this happened, that I had that there as a jumping off point for me to think like, what is the coolest thing that this character could do? Or what is the most tragic thing that I could do to them? How can I torment them the most? (laughs) Well, we're all a little sadistic like that. (laughs) And the the outline was a good place for me to, to see like, this is an idea I had, but how can I play with that? How can I twist that around and make it even more impactful or more, enjoyable or more um kind of invigorating for the reader to keep them keep them turning pages yeah that actually kind of just happened to me with the story i'm i'm drafting right now i had originally started it like i don't know two or three months ago and during those like first 60 pages i had thought okay it's it's going to be young adult it's going to be great and then i had to break away from it to do edits um for something else and when i came back to it i'm like actually, I think I'd rather have this be an adult book. So I like aged everyone up 10 years. (laughs) And like, sure, I had to get rid of a lot of stuff. But the structure of like the the core idea of the story still remained pretty similar, like the mystery, at least at the middle of the story. Um, So yeah, and don't ever feel like you're missing out on creativity just because you're outlining. (laughs) No, I mean, I mean, a lot of the times it's it's one of the funnest stages, because it is without constraints yeah you know, in, a, in a lot of ways which is kind of again paradoxical i know I it like sounds ironic yeah. but it's a very is, paradoxical it's, thing it's a chance it's like, to it's play like freedom before yeah, yeah. Like you get everything messy with a bunch of words things. yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it's super strange yeah but i kind of i kind of love it for that it's like the same kind of kick that hannah gets from discovery writing yeah i get that from from outlining same hard same same um you know and then they're one like, of us, one <laughs> of us. <laughs> Lodestones, man, Lodestones. <laughs> We're gonna convert Hannah one day. She's gonna, well, she's gonna get on Excel. But I no, think that that'll never happen. <laughs> All right. Um. So you mentioned a couple times uh, different tools. Um. So I think it's a good uh, opportunity to tell people about some potential tools programs methods software that they could yeah. that they could use you know we've mentioned like i have my 
my sticky note or not sticky notes, mm-hmm. but like, like note cards, note on cards corp, yeah. corp board, or, you know, uh, MJ will talk about Excel. Um, <laughs> Greta, do you have some recommendations or have you seen uh, yeah. things that other people use other authors that you've yeah, I've heard seen a about lot of and, people and think are interesting, at least to, to say to people. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people use Scrivener yep. because they do have like a cork board feature and all, all this other stuff. I am too much of a Luddite to try to learn a new computer program. <laughs> so that's just me. I have a notebook right here. <laughs> I have my note cards up on the wall when I feel like I want to see something from a bird's eye perspective. Um, yeah, I've recently started using Excel. <laughs> Much to, yeah, MJ was very excited. Much to MJ's happiness and Greta's chagrin. Yes. (laughs) Can I quickly say, can I quickly say about Scrivener? Um, In the context of having your whole project in one document, it's very useful to be able to drag and drop your chapters and have multiple iterations of one chapter. So basically what I do is like I use I've been using Scrivener for for a year or two and what I'll do is I'll just have it lined up by like chapters. I'll have my outline in Scrivener as well. I'll just drop it in there so that it's always there and I can just pop up to it and you know command F and and find some stuff. <laughs> um but then in each chapter it's like I'll start off and be like rough and that's like my first version. And then I'll do another iteration of it. I can just duplicate and then rename it as, you know, like first edit and then do that again and again until that version of that chapter works the way that I want it to. And then if you want to, you can say like, oh, chapter five doesn't work here. So move it up, you know, behind chapter seven or something like that. So it is really useful in that context to be able to kind of mix and match your stuff and move it around and have it all in one project document. But please, for God's sake, just fucking back up your stuff. Because it's like, not not from personal experience, but I know it's like, if I were to lose this thing, I would just... Oh, my God. Right. Well, that would be what would scare me about having Uh, it at all in one spot. And then also, too, because I tried to use Scrivener as well, and I failed. I was like, I just wasted the money buying it because I just... I I think it's just not for everyone. Um, Yeah. But uh, because I think for myself, it's because I don't... (laughs) This is going to sound paradoxical too. uh, Even though I do all this really intense outlining where I do it, blah, 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 blah. I don't write in the form of chapters. Um, I split it up into my chapters later. So the idea of putting everything in its own little self-contained modular chapter, Mm -hmm. I like physically... My brain, I can't. <laughs> I can't write. You just write like a super long doc? Yeah, well, and I split it into scenes is what I do. So I okay. guess I could okay. do a different modular thing for every scene, probably. Right. Um, but yeah, I never ended up break, getting that so. far. And I just like yeah. gave up and was like, I'm going back to Microsoft Word, my happy place. <laughs> I know. I feel like, okay, I could learn to use Scrivener or I could you know, learn Photoshop or something yeah. equally. Like, <laughs> it's not that, oh, come on. You guys are exaggerating so much. Are Again, I am a Luddite. Yeah. I married tech support because it's just not <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Adrian, as we've established, we are both older than you. We're old. We can't handle these new technologies, okay? <laughs> Baby Mallory, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm a withered old crone. Thank you very much. And I will Thank remain crone. as such. <laughs> oh, another cool thing about Scrivener. Um, you can... It's not like the most seamless thing ever, but I have my MacBook and then I have my iPad and something that, you know, two of our past guests have brought up is like, if shit is not working, change the medium, change the way you approach the medium, change 
um, what you're physically interacting with. Yeah. And even just the shift between my MacBook and my iPad, because I have a little like a, attachable magnetic keyboard thing and it feels different yeah. and the screen is different and all this yeah. kind of stuff. I can transfer my Scrivener project to my MacBook. And if I buy it on, or I can put it on my iPad from my MacBook and vice versa. So it is really useful yeah. in that regard. If I buy it once on MacBook, I also get access to it on my iPad. So I was like, cool, I'm just going to start like <laughs> Dropboxing that shit back yeah, and forth right? <laughs> if it's not clicking in my head or whatever. So yeah, whenever I do that, I just write on paper. Yep, same. And yep. What I... It's again, because we're <laughs> old, Greta. <laughs> I use notebooks too. I have notebooks and paper too. But I'm saying like that's one of my yeah. my methods. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. One of my like favorite, oh, I, I'm so metal. I'm such a writer. I'm like like war in the trenches kind of thing was when I was doing edits for the seventh queen. It was after it was after my second kid had been born. And I remember it was like due in three days and I had to do a quick turnaround. So I was like awake in the middle of the night, like drafting on my, like in an email to myself on my phone oh my with the baby in the other arm, like, I'm going to get this done. Oh God, right? <laughs> like, yeah, they will stop me. <laughs> yes. You That's will sleep, hustle. child. <laughs> That's the hustle. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I also have an app on my phone called Things, which is just like a to-do list. <laughs> but I'll just jot notes down yeah. in there and be like, this is like some dialogue that I just thought up on the spot. And yeah. it syncs it syncs automatically to Same. the app on my on my laptop. So I can just copy and paste right into my scrivener. Nice. Yeah. After I had that. a book I had a book title on my on my phone and just in the notes app for like three years oh, before yeah. I finally figured out the story that it belonged to. I adore that. <laughs> my notes app is full of Lots of weird shit, man. <laughs> All right, MJ, Greta, tell us about Excel. Excel is a beautiful Fun. thing. It's underrated. Yeah. I'm so glad that Greta has joined me on this wonderful journey. Because when we were talking about it, Greta and I were talking about this when we, we were in Portland for a Rose City Comic Con recently together. Yeah. And for me, the thing with Excel is it is very visual. It seems like it's going to be such like a data-y thing. But I visual it's boxes and then I color code them it's basically no different from putting sticky notes up on the wall of your office except I can take my wall of sticky notes with me wherever I go because it lives inside my phone because I actually do it on google sheets so I don't actually do it on okay. on excel yeah um bye bye microsoft yeah right sorry microsoft <laughs> hello google <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what I mean? It's it's just like, I, it's the same concept. And it, it, I feel like people get really like skeeved out about Excel because it sounds like it's going to be so robotic, whatever. Um, but I feel like it's just very fluid and I can add a line, a row whenever I want. If I realize I fucked something up and I need to like add a scene or something, you know, it's very modular when you have it in Excel. So, That's so Scandinavian true. of you. I'm yeah so modular <laughs> well i i am a more grudging excel user if if google sheets are a beautiful thing excel for me is just a thing <laughs> but i'm trying now um, you're new to the party I, you know, you'll be indoctrinated eventually i'm sure i will <laughs> <laughs> but the reason i started using it is because for the book i'm drafting now i you know i had my basic plot structure of those seven points and i wanted to apply those seven points to 
the emotional like growth arc and then as also to the friendship arc because it's about a bunch of friends that had to come back together and then there's also like a smaller like betrayal arc and I wasn't quite sure how all of those points would interact and inform each other and so that's why I got out the excel file and and then you could do like you were saying the insert and then this is how the emotion informs the plot and this is how the betrayal informs the friendships and it just kind of seeing it as like this giant excel flow flow chart (laughs) um it's working pretty well so far i shall report that that. is a good point i think it it lends itself best to plots that are very like i don't know interwoven like that because i'm not using it for the book i'm drafting right now but like Mm -hmm. among thieves where i literally had like five different heists going Mm -hmm. on at the same time that was literally the only way i can imagine conceptualizing when everything happened in conjunction with each other and what characters know which secrets when right like i feel Mm. like i needed to be able to to do that um so yeah i mean i'm sure it's not the right solution for every project but yeah although i will talk to using excel as my word counter my like the way i keep track of my own Mm. word count that's good because i am just competitive enough to like always want to beat the day before i'm like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna do it i don't care if it's by one word i'm gonna do it i love it <laughs> i've tried to i've tried to quantify things like that and i'm just like no i can't and then you're like it, no i i want to yeah. have joy in my life it's like Overrated. i miss like one i miss like one day of like actually sitting down and writing and i'm just like fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it just makes me feel way too depressed i'm like i don't need this <laughs> on top of everything mood <laughs> Okay, so this is a big aspect of outlining and plotting for me, which is the transition from outline to first draft. Um, from your perspective, how can you best set up your outline in order to make that, that transition smoother? And how can you anticipate things like word count, which we just talked about, or um, the way that a scene is structured, or uh, the beats of a scene, or how long a chapter is going to be, and that kind of thing? Yeah. So because my outline tends to be more from like a bird's eye perspective, I don't usually know the granular aspects until I like sit down to write the scene. Um, So like I said, I've been writing like the first 50 pages or so just off of that larger outline. And then once I feel like I know the characters more, then I'll go in and do my little checklists. And that's usually the point at which I'm like, okay, each scene needs to have their own, you know, act one, act two, act three. I know I always want to leave a chapter on a cliffhanger so that people want to come back and read the next chapter. I mean, not of course, every single one, but certainly when you get to that third act and you want people to stay up reading your book, like, yeah. well, it's time gonna, to break I'm out those cliffhangers. Just steal your, <laughs> yeah. steal your time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm just going to steal your time. Yeah. I'm sorry. You will uh, maybe thank me at the end of your life when you, you lose these, <laughs> these wee hours of the morning. I don't, I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't I don't usually think about chapters in terms of word count all that much. Although I do feel like all of my chapters usually end up being like roughly the same size again until I get to the end of end of a book or in like a really cli- high climactic scene because I think audiences they might not consciously recognize that the pace is increasing with shorter chapters and and shorter like pieces of uh structure but you know, internally, they're kind of like realizing, oh, things are things are moving faster now. Yes, I was just going to ask you when you said it changes after the third act, whether your chapters get longer or shorter, because mine tends yeah. to become shorter, like all the scenes get shorter. Mm-hmm. It's like, bah, 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 bah. 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> All the things are happening. <laughs> and I will say something when it comes to translating your outline to a first draft, it's probably going to be longer than you thought. It's like <laughs> you have an idea of like, this is all the bullet point, blah, blah, blah. And then you actually apply it to a chapter and you're like, oh, wow, this is like way longer than I expected it to be. Yeah. I'm an overwriter for sure. I don't know if I'm jealous of underwriters, but then again, like <laughs> I think it's easier to trim something down than try to add fat to it. Cause usually oh, when see, I disagree. I disagree I too. I think it's opposite. like maybe a yeah. grass is greener or like a grass is yeah. less green situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not for me. For me, it's like I, I look at it from from like a cooking perspective, where it's just like I can take these ingredients and then I can refine them into basically their essential components to give the best dish possible in this chapter. Yeah. Whereas, like, if I underwrite something, then I feel like, and I, I have the 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 nagging feeling that I have to add to it. <laughs> Usually, it's just like, like fuck, like what did I do wrong that it wasn't enough? <laughs> Oh I mean? yeah, no, I'm an See, underwriter too. I, yeah. yeah, I'm an underwriter, and I think it's probably just because I know that I, you know, I I didn't add enough character motivation yep. because people do things for reasons, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, so weird. I, 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 usually, to me. I mean, really me. inconvenient in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, and world building stuff, right? Like I always have it planned before I yeah. start drafting, but yeah. I don't. I don't ever put enough of it in the first draft. I always have to That's like. True come in later and add those um sorry my notes just got those home. details I figured I thought a little way <laughs> off camera <laughs> oh, I hear a tiny little voice back there it's hard, it's hard to be three yeah, I, I mean I would imagine I mean I guess I yeah. wouldn't have to imagine I've lived it uh, uh I've been three once <laughs> so in a bygone era yeah in a bygone era so yeah. Greta what are your overall thoughts on how an outline and plotting a story relates to a first draft and revisions and eventually a finished book like so what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned along your journey <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just feel like you know, every journey is going to be so individual and so personal to who you are as a writer. Um, But for me, it's just meant that I no longer have to slog through four years of not being sure if the story works or not. And like that at the end of the day is what I want. I want to be one of those writers that can write a book a year. I have not quite there yet because I do end up doing lots and lots of um, like revisions along the way, but it's still it still makes things go a little bit faster. I'm sorry about all the no, crying in the background. Honestly, it's a great uh, illustration point too, where you're like, I'm not quite there where I can write a book a year yet. And there's one oh, of your, no. one of your adorable children is, but, you know. But those adorable little gremlins are why I really need to be efficient with my use of time. There you yeah. go. And because I, I don't have unlimited time to write. Right. When I do sit down to write, I need to be able to make the most of it. And mm-hmm. the outline helps me do yeah, that. I love that. That's why you wrote a book about time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just longingly. <laughs> oh, oh, all those years. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, closing out, um, it, I, th- I thought it would be nice for all of us to share a few more recommendations for writing related resources that might help authors to further hone their craft and their process and that kind of thing. I got three books that I can recommend. Um, the first one is Wonder Book by Jeff Vandermeer, which is a fantastic resource. It's very, very visual and goes through multiple aspects of writing and structure and outlining and drafting and even publishing and career stuff. But it's all contained within this beautiful 
weird package full of fucked up strange illustrations and and analogies and stuff like that i would so expect I highly nothing less book. from the author <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um it's basically like jeff vandermeer in in writing craft form uh so it's it's great steering the craft by ursula k Le Guin is another good one which is very humble and and in in the way that ursula k Le Guin kind of seemed as a as a person and and the books that she put out getting into some like really nitty-gritty stuff about writing from dialogue to structure and scenes and pacing and all these different aspects which are really really helpful and it's short i think it's like 130 pages or something so it's like it's really to the point but it's not done in a you know bashing you over the head way which comes to my next one the kick-ass writer by chuck <laughs> Wendig, which does it doesn't bash you over the head but in a very crass package it tells you to buck the fuck up and and write and and push through it and and keep going and and you know you're going to figure out your way you know obviously you can take writing advice from other people but you, you know writing advice is not prescriptive or it's not it's not yeah it's not prescriptive um so it's just like take it or leave it but the kickass writer is full of tons of fun little anecdotes from all facets of facets of being a writer, you know, whether it's career, whether yeah. it's craft, all that kind of stuff with lots of fucks and lots of strange <laughs> metaphors and everything you'd expect. Again, I would Glenda. expect nothing less from the writer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like buckle the fuck up, Care Bear. Like, <laughs> yup. You're, you're in for yep. a ride. All right. That sounds about right. MJ, what about you? Yeah. Well, so, okay. Um, none of the writing resources that I have used or recommend uh, are books, not because I don't, whatever. It's just because they're all, they're all free resources uh, because that's what I was using when I was getting into the game because um, free resources are much uh, easier to, to make yourself look at. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, the first one is a blog. It's literally called helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. Um, yep. Yep. I think Kay Weiland, <laughs> uh, great self pub author. Um, and she has posts on everything from like breaking down what plot structure is and character arcs and whatever. And like, just there's such a variety of resources on that website that there was a, a lot of like, you know, finding stuff that I knew wasn't going to work for me, but finding stuff that did work for me. And I feel like finding stuff that didn't work for me is also important to the journey, right? You have to, you know, kind of explore both. Um, I'm also going to shout out Chuck Wendig here, um, his blog, Terrible Minds. Um, so terribleminds.com slash blog. He has a lot of posts about writing on there, but also a lot of posts about other stuff. Um, but when you are reading through it, it's a lot of <laughs> very direct writing advice. Um, and there was uh, one blog article about querying and the process of, of you know, finding an agent or whatever. Uh, and I read it as I was querying for the very first time back in like 20. 15 uh one of my unsuccessful querying attempts it took me several books to actually get my first agent um and there was just a quote in one of the posts that said harden the fuck up care bear was actually what the quote said and i was like yeah <laughs> i'm gonna do that <laughs> and i literally made that my phone background um while it was querying so that every single time i looked at my phone like that's what i saw um and then the last one is just the rightlife.com i feel like that's a good catch-all resource um it's kind of like a, a blog where lots of guest writers come in 
um, and give all kinds of diverse perspectives on crafts, but also on the business side of stuff. So like you can get advice about querying and trad pub. You can also get advice about self pub and, uh, you know, the indie pub side of things on there too. Um, so just a whole bunch of stuff and it's all free. <laughs> yeah. I love those. I actually used all of those too when I was coming up. Um, I will add Susan Dennard's website and blog to it. She is a like New York Times bestselling young adult fantasy author, but she's been so generous with like all of her insights into craft and how publishing works. And like even like when I when I was editing the Frozen Crown for the first time, I used like her super detailed like editing method and mm-hmm. it was so helpful. Nice. So definitely go check out her blog. Um, I also spent a lot of time over on Query Shark, Ooh, yes. um, which is um, basically, I don't, I don't think it's even active anymore. I think the agent who ran it, it passed away a few years ago, yeah. but there's like a whole treasure trove of over like like 300 or 400 query letters that were sent to her like by people who wanted them critiqued and she just will break down which ones are working why they're working why they're not working often like very chuck wendig kind of (laughs) like you know sorry try again sort of sort of way but it was really 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 helpful because querying is so difficult and, Mm -hmm. and figuring out how to write a query letter will be a master class of its own. Yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should do that um, at some point, but yeah. Yeah, yeah we I would I would do that because having been in the query trenches a couple times, I feel like. Yeah, well, I would say I would never be qualified <laughs> to do a master class on the query letter because I feel like I just... Got, well, I mean, is anybody really like, like, got qualified? Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, and then over on the Reddit side, or not Reddit, but... Um, Readsy, that's what it is. If you are someone who is looking for an independent editor, um, I my former agent Jennifer Uden is on there. She is brilliant. She's got a great editorial eye. So if that's something that's in your budget and you're looking for an independent editor, go check her out. Nice. And I'll include links to all of this because it's very, very helpful for people. And uh yeah, that's it for this mini masterclass in our two-parter with Greta Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us and plotting out this wonderful masterclass and just shooting the <laughs> shit and having a great time and being yeah. happy with us. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> this has been wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. As well, for anyone who contributes to our Patreon at $10 or more a month, there'll be an exclusive reading by Greta that you can go check out from the Queen of Days. Now, Greta, where can folks find you online? I am on basically all the social media platforms at Greta K. Kelly. I'm most active over on Instagram, um, but you can still find me everywhere else. (laughs) Awesome. And you can also follow SFF Addicts on Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, and threads and all that stuff at SFF Addicts Pod. Or you can follow me at Adrian M. Gibson. MJ, what about you? Yeah, you can find me across all the major socials at MJ Kuhn Books or just head to my website, mjkuhn.com. All the links are there. And pick up Among Thieves. Yeah, and buy my books. (laughs) Do it. Do it. That was very forceful of you. (laughs) Buy my books. Like trying to like hypnotize everybody. Go through your heist fall. Heist fall. Among Thieves, Thickest Thieves, Queen of Days. I love it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Call it Heist-tober. Look at you, MJ. (laughs) I'm going to make a t-shirt. I love it. I love it. I'll buy one. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, Thank you for this masterclass, Greta. It was a lot of fun. Now, keep reading, keep imagining, and we'll see you next time on SFF Addicts.